All right. Well, for then, um, chit chatting. Let's chit chat. We all got her. Do we all got her more fidget shakers? <laughs> oh wait, this isn't more. Wow. <laughs> Uh, my my morphogen shakers are on the dishwasher, so <laughs> sorry. I got like eight of these bad boys. I get one with every single order that I get. Right, me what? too. I told, yeah, because you like get the. I mean, I get like the nitrogen and orthogen, and so it's like I always get like the the fat daddy shakers. I love those big things. It's like They're so awesome. Cute. I just order them with my with my whatever my quarterly order. Oh well, oh ha! <laughs> I have a quarterly order too. I just, I guess I haven't uh, purchased. I didn't. Okay, never mind. I just have gotten a couple when I used to not have a code. I would get the stacks, but now I have a code, so I don't get the stacks anymore because it doesn't apply to the stacks. So, yeah. Right. There's a sale right now. They're still cheaper if you buy them as a stack, even if you don't use the code. So I just get the stacks. I don't know. I like free shit. So whenever there's like a free shit opportunity, I'm like, yo, let's go. <laughs> yeah, give me that free shit. That's a, that's like a bodybuilder. Hey, what's bodybuilding.com have available to us today? That's that's Literally. how I remember it. Back when I was 17, be like, oh, what do I get if I purchase my optimum nutrition protein? <laughs> optimum nutrition. <laughs> yo, I have a t-shirt that's like an extra um, large. That's op- an optimum nutrition t-shirt. And I wear it because it's so comfy. It's like, you know how everyone has a pair of fat pants that just is so comfortable. They're not going to get rid of. That's like my fat pants shirt. And I love it so much, even though I don't like the company. I think, I think every pair of pants I have now. A mood. All my joggers right. are like XLs now. And I'm like, so done. I'm like, ah, oh, nope. I don't feel like, I don't feel like wearing anything anymore. Just like people are just gonna see me in hoodies and flannels for the rest of the year. Dude, I've been wearing hoodies since I started my off season 2019. Like it's just it's always been hoodie season. It'll be like July. I have like swamp ass, and I'll just be wearing a black hoodie because it's like I'm just uncomfortable. So we're just gonna cover that shit up. I haven't gotten to two XLs yet. I'm waiting to get the two XLs. It's really hard for me to do that in California because it's like 100 degrees. So it's like if I'm if I'm fat, then I'm just going to be out there and fat. So <laughs> it's, it's hot as heck here. Though. Yeah, but we have the humidity. Yeah, yeah right. But like hundred, but it's a, over 100 degrees out here, like 112, like what, like crazy. I feel like that's dry heat, though. I feel like dry heat and humid is. Like, OK, you try and live out here. You uh, try and come out here. and No, nah, I'm, I'm good. I don't want to pay those taxes. <laughs> it's for real. <laughs> All right. Chilling. Well, we are here with. Anthony Spada. Hi, Anthony. Hola. Um, and we are here to just talk about you and to talk about the off season and really like your first guest. Like, how does yeah. that feel? What's up? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> yeah. on. I love I love doing podcasts. So it's easier. It's easier to do podcasts that, are, that I'm not that I'm not hosting. Yeah. Uh, so for anyone that is listening that doesn't know, Anthony has his own podcast um, called the Ace of Spada. How's that going? 100, 162 episodes, two years. Boom. Two years and That's one a month. Lot. I think we're on like episode like... 12 here. <laughs> yeah, this is episode 12. <laughs> I, I tell everybody I feel like a, I feel like the grandpa of the industry. Cause like all of our friends that created podcasts, like after I created a podcast and I'm like, Oh, I feel so old doing this now. And I am, I feel like, uh, yeah, I'm going to retire. It's going to retire soon. I'm kidding. It's not. Oh, I was about to say, no, it's not going anywhere. Um, 
no, it's pretty fun. I mean, it's just, but like, what do you usually, I mean, for the listeners, so we can funnel our listeners to yours. Um, what, what do you usually talk about on your podcasts? What's it got? Same shit as you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, so if you want to li- so if you want to learn more stuff about so, we, what we talk about, go yes. to, uh, Anthony's podcast. Yeah. So I actually talk about a lot about, you know, I get different people's perspectives over what brought them into the fitness industry. Um, I've had a ton of guests on the show. Um, but now I'm kind of trending away from that. Um, I'm doing my own thing. We have two episodes, two different kind of series, I guess you would call them, um, that I do now. One is just like a bros chat between me and, um, my boys, Cody and Austin that we just shoot the shit. I don't get how people listen to that. Really? I think we say that. Dude, those are my favorite ones. Cause it's I like Fuad's podcast. It's like so funny to me. I say every single episode. I'm like, what the heck are people going to listen? Like, I literally say that every episode. I'm like, what are people listening to? And then Cody's just at the end. He's just like, hashtag something if you listen to this. And one time it was Bumblebee Tuna. It was great. Um, and then we have, and then I have now uh, one of my co-hosts on Coach's Corner, uh, my boy Dylan Fennell. Um, He is up in Canada. Um, we record every like Saturday, typically. Um, and we just chat. We do a lot of Q&As, um, what people want to learn. Then we deep dive into certain subjects. Um, honestly, it's kind of off the it's just like off the rails, like right away. We're just like, oh, what are we going to talk about today? And then we just decide. So there's nothing really planned. So it kind of tests our knowledge out, which is great because I love doing that. Um, yeah. But yeah, go listen. There's so many episodes. Um, I've yeah. done I've done my own episodes. I've done my own educational episodes. There's probably a, there's a plethora of topics and things that you'll find in there. Awesome. Just don't listen to the first episode. The first episode is so poor. I listened back to it like last week at, or like a month ago as like kind of like my tribute to like me creating it. And I was like, man, I saw depressing as fuck on this first episode. <laughs> okay, go listen to the first episode, everyone. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> All right. So you said something about um, Q&As and testing your knowledge. So you are also a coach, um, oh, yeah. you're not just a podcaster, a, a, a pottier, as you like to say. Um, <laughs> so how'd you get into coaching? Like, how did that whole journey start, you know, and your journey through bodybuilding um, and how it's changed, like, through where you're at right now? So we're starting, we're starting with the life story or are we, uh, no, okay, so how to, let's not do that. Cause I only have like 40 minutes, but like, you know, how'd you get into coaching? Like uh, what got you started with that? So I actually came for the podcast really. Um, so like the podcast was all health and fitness based kind of, um, I had no clue where I was going to take this thing, uh, with the podcast and just like ended up turning into a more health and fitness oriented, uh, podcast. Um, and that kind of got me a ton of coaches on, on the show and things like that. Um, and then I kind of had just a few other coaches like on here and we were talking and then like sparked my interest. And then, you know, throughout that summer, right before I created the podcast, I was starting to like gain my knowledge into things. I was reading like the muscle and strength pyramid books, mm-hmm. um, and things like that. Just trying to, just trying to experiment on my own, like in the gym, I had no clue what I was doing. I was eating a really, really low amount of food. Um, like 1600, all usually like are. 1600 calories worth of food, <laughs> like every day at like 150, <laughs> at like 155 pounds, you know, this, this big muscle kid over here deserves a shit ton of food. Right. Um, but, <laughs> um, and then I just decided, Hey, let's just post it out there. So I started with my like personal page, um, on Instagram, uh, because the state of fitness page was not that cool at that time. 
Um, mm. Now it's pretty cool. So people could check that out too. Um, but uh, yeah, so I started in November of 2019. So it's almost been two years now. Um, and I kind of just took a whim. Literally, I just started with one with one girl from my hometown. And all I knew was like, I had no experience with training and I just barely knew macros. Doesn't that sound like a great intro? <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a great intro coach? Yeah, we um, all start there though. We all start there. And then in the, and then in the 12 weeks that we ran, like her as one of my clients, uh, she lost like, she dropped like 10 pounds in 12 weeks or something. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Um, so maybe I could do this. And then just started to expand. And then for like a time, I had like two or three clients. I think I remember talking to Ashley about this for like the longest time. I literally had like two or three until like November of last year. And then like it kind of picked up and still, mm-hmm. it's not like ridiculous high, but it's very, a lot bigger than it was before. So well, I mean, you were consistent, you know, like you, when, even when you did have like two or three clients, I remember our, our, I was like, he only has like two or three clients. Like he doesn't seem like it. Like, it seems like it, the way I think it, it's the way that you talk about yourself on your social media. Plus you integrate your own, um, your own life in your personal goals and bodybuilding, which makes you, you know, that much more knowledgeable about like, even when you were with just two or three clients, you could focus on those two or three clients. And so it's not any, that's awesome. Like even just to start with, um, cause I was like, Oh, they, he totally has more than that. And then like, I remember you told me like, yeah, I was with like two or three people for the longest time. And I was like, what? Like, and so it was just, it's, it's good to see like your passion, like exudes that. And so on your social media, so like you, totally have this vibe of like you know what the fuck you're doing and you do know what the fuck you're doing so it's awesome and as far as like your own personal goals and bodybuilding like and that intertwining with your coaching how do you how do you let like what you do in bodybuilding kind of teach you what to do with clients and where with where you're at right now with bodybuilding so man this is this is hard because I probably like at least my goal with with bodybuilding, I'll probably go out and say it. It's just like, you know, everybody's goal is to become pro at some point. Um, now, will it probably happen? Probably not. But, you know, you give it your best shot. Right. You just put in the work every single day. Um, and I'm more so learned a lot about myself through Mark. Um, mm-hmm. Anybody doesn't know Mark Tomanek is my coach. He's um, all of our coach, all of our coaches. <laughs> <laughs> if you think it's, it's great. Um, but I've learned a lot about how to read like myself, um, read like how I feel, um, read what I'm looking at, even though what I'm looking at body wise for me is not what Mark price sees, which is great because I think I'm a fat fuck right now, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I really learned kind of just like the ropes with things like from Mark, I learned to like carb cycling, just like even just paying attention to what he did, what moves he was making. Um, I always asked him, Hey, why do you make these moves? And then in the end, he would just answer with, uh, Oh, I'm just going to test to see what, what happens. Like in the end, that's what we do. Right. As coaches, a lot of our things is not, Hey, we're using data. And then we make like educated, we make an educated calculated guess. Mm -hmm. Like it's not a particularly, Hey, we know this is going to happen. Right. It depends. Um, so I learned how to read my body and now I bring that on to how to, how to, how to help my clients read their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with things like stress, like I automatically know now, like when I am stressed, right. And that helps me in knowing those feelings. And I've been through like different types of stressors, whether it's like anxiety or whether it's like the physical stress on the body, like you're just feeling like 
you're feeling run down, like right. learning how to do that and telling people that it's okay to take a break and things mm-hmm. like that is really important to my, to my success for my clients, um, that I've seen. Um, but I mean, just like, I'm, I'm a learner, right. That's, that's really what I've done over the last year. So it's just been learning about things. And when I came to Mark, I mean, I had low testosterone and things like that, which sparked all the hormonal things that I got into and really wanted to dive into that, which Mm -hmm. I didn't dive into it till like a few months down the line after that. But Mm -hmm. I'm really glad I did because it's probably a a good amount of my clients is some sort of hormonal case, which is phenomenal because I love doing these cases. Um, Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, that's kind of how I brought like, my personal stuff into my yeah. clients is just like actually learning to read the body because if right. you don't know your body how are you going to relay that information over to the coach right like Absolutely. It, it's it's interesting like even with ash like for myself like i had to go into a little mini cut last year because my digestion just went it just tanked like it was just so because i can put down a lot of food and i don't complain about it i'll just eat and eat and eat until i'm just Like, it's like, it's time to pull back on food because we have to. Um, And so now I apply that with my clients. Like, it's very easy for me to see when the limit is being pushed with digestion and know how to correct it because I went through that with my own coach or Ashley, like your sleep issues and going through that with your own coach um, and going through like stress and mental health things with your coach and being able to apply that to your clients. Is that something you do as well? Ashley, do you think about that often? Oh, absolutely. Cause I think any, I think most people struggle with sleep, whether they want to admit it or not and go through their own like periods of anxiety and depression. And so being able to experience that myself, I'm definitely able to, you know, help my clients through that, whether it's a book recommendation or just guiding them through that. So absolutely. Like, I think our challenges as coaches that we experience help us to be better coaches to our clients because, you know, we can not only be empathetic toward them and what they're experiencing, what they're feeling, but now we also know how to correct it. And maybe it won't be the same case for case, but at least you have a general idea of where to go and how to make decisions based on the client's data. And that's why it's so important, like as a coach to have a coach, right? Like, because not only like you are able to learn through being guided as well, um, because you are, you are your own athlete. Like you have your own set of things you're going to encounter. And so you learn about yourself and how it's almost more valuable, like to navigate through that, like with a coach that's with you and very knowledgeable as well. Um, and then applying it to your clients. Um, and like, yeah, so I want to get into talking about like the off season. So Anthony, you just said that you feel like a fat fuck, <laughs> like um, a mood, a mood. Ashley feels like a fat fuck. I don't feel like quite like a fat fuck yet because I'm there. still. You'll get there. Get there. Get there. there. <laughs> no, okay. So, so some backgrounds. This year, I was in a prep and I pulled out and I got pretty lean. Um, and so now I'm reversing out. Well, a bit pretty much done reversing. I'm like pushing up food now, um, heading into the off season, but um. Anthony, how has off season been for you? Um, what is <laughs> he's shaking his head right now? <laughs> yeah, I can't see it. Um, you've been in an off season growing for a long time. Um, 16 months. 16, I think it's pretty know, short. Yeah. Well, for the way it seems like a long time, I feel like, because like all you do is talk about how much you eat. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but first you, first, what you did was you, you had, uh, you had low testosterone. Um, and so your food needed to go up definitely. Right. Like with Mark. 
um amongst other things thing. we'll actually talk about that because my food actually went we actually did a my actually food went slightly down oh really my okay protein went up but my carb but he shuttled my carbs down interesting you want to talk about that yeah so when we started uh to preface i was probably i was at I think when I came to him, I was eating like 180 grams of protein, um, like two to 75 grams of carbs and like 60 fat or something like that, um, like every day. Um, mm-hmm. And then I remember him commenting. I remember the first time I got his program, I was like, that much protein? And he's like, yeah, I got females eating more protein than you, bro. And I was like, <laughs> damn. I was like damn. Um, so now, so when we started, I was at 245 grams of protein uh, 290 grams of carbs on my training day, 55 grams of fat. And then rest day, I was at same protein and then 200, 200 grams of carbs mm-hmm. and 65 and 60 fat. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was brutal because we also had five, we also had five days. We also have five sessions of 30 minutes of cardio. Um, Ew. yeah. So I got really hungry, like really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't actually take my BG. So I bet my BG was like in the seventies, like a hundred percent could guarantee it, um, mm-hmm. that it was there. Cause I knew I was starving, um, and things. Uh, so we started there and then I started when we were in quarantine. So we didn't push food for like a whole month. So I was like in the sheer for like a month. I was like, I felt like, like, like we supplemented correctly to the point where my hormones got right. Right. Mm-hmm. It was all about bringing stress down. I had a lot of anxiety from a lot of different things during that time. Um, I had a lot of dysregulation from working in a bar too. That probably just like the two years of working in a bar for so long, probably just really just hit me like a, hit me like a truck. Um, and then we got into the gym, like we got into an actual gym. We were able to finally do like actual leg days and then it got, then, then it started, then it was like a 40 gram carb jump. And then slowly it was like 20 grams, 20 grams, 20 grams, like mm-hmm. five, like 10, 10, 10, lots of intro workout. And then now I'm at 520 grams of carbs, uh, 70 fat on my mm-hmm. training day. And I'm still Jesus. at just at 215 grams of carbs on my rest day. Um, mm-hmm. and at a hundred, 105 grams of fat. So Damn. Yeah, that's kind of it's kind of gross eating 105 yeah. grams of fat. That's nasty. That. That's a lot of. Do you eat a lot of oils? Dark chocolate. I, I know you eat a lot of dark chocolate. Yes. My dark chocolate's my key to getting to getting all the fat mm-hmm. because 95 uh-huh. dark chocolate has like 20 grams of fat for four bars. Mm-hmm. So it's like spot on to get like a fifth of my thing. Mm-hmm. But I do have like 25 grams of olive oil that day. Oh. Probably. Yeah. That's um, so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll, put like, I'll put like 16. Like I usually do like, I'm at the point now where I'm kind of very sick of food. So I'll actually yeah. do. A, so typically he wants me to do like fruits and veggies on my rest day, but I'll do like a rice meal. Cause I don't want to eat like however many carbs I have in rice in, in fruits and veggies. Like that just ain't happening chief. Um, so I just like douse my rice in olive oil. Me and my Italian heritage love it. So it's great, you know? That's um, funny. I bet like your rest days, even though it's a lot of fats, the volume being down really helps a lot. Yeah. Um, like I'll just, do four meals now. I've brought yeah. it down from, f- I'll do five protein servings, mm-hmm. but I'll do four whole, I'll do four whole meals. So I'll do like a protein shake for one of my things. Yeah. Um, and luckily I have rest, some of my rest days are on my weekends. So mm-hmm. whenever I get a rest day on the weekend, I'm kind of happy because I coach because I do all my coaching on the weekend. Yeah. So I'm, I hate eating. Like I get yeah, like gotcha. no appetite. 
I have no appetite right now. So I like force food down even on rest days. It's yeah. Just- and then, I mean, as far as forcing food, like, you know, just for the listeners, should you feel like that during the off season? Should you feel yeah. like, yes. yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, there are some days where like, I will kind of personally, like, I will intentionally like do fasted cardio and fast for a bit just mm-hmm. to kind of feel like a twinge of hunger. But when you're in your off season, like you're pushing food, like you have to accept that you're pushing food. You're, you have to accept, you know, a certain level of body fat. That doesn't mean you need to become a like actual fat fuck. Like, you know, we're, we're all not fat. Like I want to be very clear. Like we are fat in our own eyes because, yeah. you know, at least for Brit and I, we know what it's like to be stage lean. So like, we're like, oh my God, you can pinch your arm and you're like, oh my God, body fat. But like when you get stage lean, your perception of body fat is just fucked. You have to understand that. So like we are healthy right now maybe for me personally maybe i'm pushing a little bit too much toward the insulin resistance with body fat i know we're about to enter into a mini cut and kind of clean things up but like we're not fat okay but you have to have body fat on to have a healthy hormonal starting point and you have to understand that you are not going to be hungry you're going to be pushing food you're going to be trying to find ways to make food you know, more palatable just so that way it somewhat tastes good, just so you can shove it in your gullet. But you're going to get to a point where like you look at your food and you're just like, Fuck. you're just staring at it. Like <laughs> no. I got, I, at my highest food, my last like p- big push for off season, like I would start my, I would see my cream of rice and I would start getting sweats before I started eating the cream of rice. Like I would start, I I can't eat that anymore. I would start sweating. And I was like, what is happening to me? Like, I was like, what is happening to me? Because, you know, I'm a good eater. Like I will put food down. I don't care if my stomach is distended. I, I don't care as long as I'm strong as fuck. Like, and as long as my training is amazing, I don't care. I will push food. I don't care what I look like. It's all about what my coach tells me to do. So if my coach tells me I need to put down 400 grams of carbs and I'm 411, then that's what the fuck I'm going to do. Like, (laughs) and so, um, and it gets to the point where it does get to the point where you just don't want that food anymore. Um, and it's, and it's funny because people will be like, oh, like, or non, you know, general pop people, people that don't, uh, bodybuild they, they think it's, it must be fun. Like it must be nice to eat all that food. And it's like, you've never felt this, like you've never felt it to where you, you look at food and you're like, Oh my God, like, I don't even want that. Um, but then it's like, you, you notice in bodybuilding, you've rarely ever feel like you're in a good spot, like food wise, because you're either usually in prep or you're cutting and you're hungry or you're, you're putting down food in the off season really trying to grow. And then there's very little time where you're like actually cool with the food that you're eating and, and fine with like your intake and fine with the way that you look all at the same time. Like it's very rare that that happens. Um, and usually it might happen like during a mini cut or like a lifestyle health phase or something like that, but you don't do those very often. Um, if you're, if you're in the off season, you're growing like, and if you're in, prep, you're cutting and getting shredded out of your mind. So either way, like there's two spectrums that don't feel very good. Like, so that's why yeah. I'm growing out the beard now. So no one can see my chubby cheeks. So it kind of just all blends together. Dude, same. Um, just, yeah, just, just, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm just going to hide. Uh, no, but it's like, I don't think people realize the time frame too. Like we haven't done this in, it wasn't like a few months. Like this has yeah. been, we mm-hmm. we're now at it for 16 months. Yeah. Well, you said, you know, that's pretty long. Well, that's pretty long for a lot of people. This is like my first real ever like growth phase. 
-hmm. So like we are pushing the body fat kind of hard. Like we're pushing everything really hard. Um, I mean, my training partner that I have is also one of Mark's clients too, as well. So we're very much on the same page with what we need to get done in the gym. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's really what's, I mean, the training is what's really contributed to the most weight, right? It's not just putting down the food. It's actually training my ass off. I don't mm-hmm. think people understand that. It's the, I wrote it yesterday. I wrote it the other day in my Q and A on my story. I was like, the hardest thing to teach people is how to train hard. Yeah. Um, and it's more so, it's not directly Mark has taught me to train hard. It's more so I've learned to do it myself. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you can't learn it from someone. Like you can learn it a little bit, but it's until you're there and you decide to push past your limits that really is, um, that you get to that place to find that zone. And I've talked about it. Like a lot of my training sessions are very dark. They're Uh not, they're not probably mentally healthy. Um, but you know, that's, that's typically safe for leg day. Um, but there's, it's a lot of just slow classical music that just keeps me in the zone. And Uh it's just like, I, I just keep getting stupid strong. So, I mean, I'm putting, I've ever since I moved down to Virginia, I've put plates like, mm-hmm. like multiple plates on both sides of mm-hmm. lifts, like, like strength has gone up. My, my physique looks purely different looking 20. I'm now 24, 25 pounds up from where I was when mm-hmm. we started at 167 pounds. So I'm around like 190 to 192, um, yeah. sitting and it's all been just day in day out, just absolutely massacring my body <laughs> to truly be honest. Like so- it's not, it's not fun. But so uh, it's got to get done. A lot of people um, would think that unless you're in prep, you should be pushing hard, right? So like uh, most, if you are thinking like in terms, like if, if general population is thinking, oh, off season, shouldn't you be pulling back on intensity? Um, why, like you have a, you even have a, a training partner. So talk about like a little, why is it important to make sure your intensity stays up in the off season and even more so, like when you're in a growing phase. Cause I think, so what happens is I see people pull back on intensity because they're not in prep and why, like, why shouldn't we do that? Like, why should we continue to be pushing in the off season? And why is it even a called an off season for growth? Um, yeah. because I think that people get confused with this. So, yeah, people, people really do get confused with it. Um, so the biggest thing, at least for me, from my perspective is you're not going to grow unless you put your muscle through an ad- adaptation that you have to grow. Um, mm-hmm. It's plain and simple, um, hard nose training. Like you, you could do all your fluff pump stuff that you want. It's not really doing anything. Um, you have to break down the muscle and allow and eat enough to rebuild that back back up. And it's going to rebuild up bigger and bigger. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you continue just to do the fluff stuff, you're giving your body no reason to actually adapt to what you're, what stress you're putting on it. Um, and I think a lot of people actually, it's not more so the intensity factor too. It's also the weight factor. Um, I think, like I said, like I put plates on my lifts. I think so many people, so many people are afraid of every single session, you know, you kind of go into it. Like at least we do now at our stages where it's just like, Hey, let's get one extra rep. Let's get one extra rep, one extra rep. Like that's how I went into every single session since I started with Marcus. Hey, let's get plus one. And then if I'm feeling good that day, I jump up five pounds on both sides or I jump up 2.5 pounds. It's really funny because my gym, my former gym had, we, we only have one set of 2.5s, so we can never find them anywhere. So they spray painted them pink. 
So in all my videos, I said to Mark, like you could see all, you could see like these pink spray painted 2.5 pounds. And mm -hmm. I'm like, these are the natty plates um, as like right. a joke. Um, and he, but it really comes down to that. I think people are afraid to do what's tough um, right. to truly be honest. And, you know, I don't follow, I don't follow what I'm afraid to do. I literally do what the numbers say. Yeah. And that's the way, that's the way like people think about it in prep, but you got to think about that in off season too. It's like, right. you want to push those numbers as high as possible because we see it over and over again. People come on stage or like in off season and they either get fatter in off season or they get bigger and then they show up on stage bigger. Like yeah. it's like, you're going to go one or two ways. And if you don't push hard enough in the gym, what does your body need the food for? Right. Exactly. Like, literally like you're. Like I tell people all the time, like there's a reason, like when I do like hormonal, like think about it, like hormonal cases, Hey, they got to eat less food because the training's less, but we feed them enough to, to help the hormones. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I have, I have a few guys who are bodybuilders, right. These guys are going balls to the wall every single session and they're eating five, 600 grams of carbs a day. Like mm -hmm. they need, they need that food because their weight will just like, their weight will just plummet mm -hmm. if they mm -hmm. don't. And it's like, and that's great. Sometimes it is like my weight on my rest day does go down, which is just due to like digestion, inflammation, mm -hmm. um, stuff. But I think people just don't, they just don't read the logbook and they don't mm -hmm. want to follow it. They want to do things that are fun. They want to relax. Um, and it all depends upon your goal too. That's an expectation you have to set with people. Mm -hmm. um, I think you said something important. It's like, people think of like the off season as like time off. They like do whatever they dick around with their diet. They don't actually like train with purpose, but like when reality, you know, I always like the term like improvement season or growing season, just because like it's intentful. Like there's this specific adjective that's like says that you have a purpose. So when you're in that improvement season, you're best be improving. You better be improving in the gym every single day. And whether that is adding just one rep, or maybe it's really finding, you know, a certain setup where you feel better muscle activation. Like there are different ways of measuring progression where you have to make sure that that progression is there or else like, you know, Anthony said, like next time you step on stage, you look the same or what, what sure. would even be even more like embarrassing. You look worse because mm -hmm. you know, you're not taking care of your health, which is underlying something that also you need to do in that improvement season is making sure that those um, baseline health markers are there. Because again, like the sport of bodybuilding is inherently unhealthy in prep because your body doesn't want like shredded ass cheeks, you know, like obviously there are different divisions with different body fat levels, but at the end of the day, like your body doesn't like to be super lean. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 I also think, I also think, you know, you brought the training partner too, to kind of mention this. It's, it's brought my training up like tenfold. Mm. Like, even like we've been working together for six, seven weeks now. Mm -hmm. And my strength, like I've put on, like I stalled a little bit mm -hmm. and then like, we just started to rise again. Um, I believe that was right around when I took a four day training break, mm -hmm. um, actually. And we took that, then we just launched again and it's like, he's going, and now he's about to start his growth phase. Um, and I'm in deep into mine and it's going to be, it's going to be really good. Like he's dropped like a significant amount of weight, like yeah. in like the first, like he's dropped like 14 pounds or something like that in the first six mm -hmm. weeks with Mark. And I'm like, it's probably due to how hard yeah. we're training. Like we're getting extra right. force reps and right. like, I'm sitting here on the couch. I'm just fucked. Like, <laughs> I legs, like, like I, like I have to go, like I have to go to five guys as like a free meal. And like, we don't get done legs till like seven o'clock. So I won't mm -hmm. even eat my post-workout meal till like eight. 
And then mm -hmm. I still got to go get five guys. Um, by the time I want to go get five guys, I'm laying on my couch and I'm like, my, my quads are hurting. My hamstrings are starting to tight already. And I'm just like, I don't want to do this. And then like the other day, like we did back and it's just like the ability to get extra few force reps, mm -hmm. especially as someone like me who is, I have to watch it because I'm, I mean, to put it out there, uh, one of these cards, I'm the natty card. I'll pull the natty mm -hmm. card. Um, you have to watch your, you have to watch your recoverability a lot, a lot more than you do mm -hmm. if you are enhanced in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, because enhanced, you do have that extra, you have that extra little edge that gives you that extra recovery ability. Right. Whereas mm -hmm. I, if I dig myself too deep, um, I won't be able to train for a little bit. Like, Dude, I remember you fucked up like one of your adductors because you just <laughs> refs too much where you were like, yo, <laughs> uh, that was, that was my own problem because I never had an adductor machine. And it was the second week doing it. And I made like a 30 pound jump and I went and I went a little too fast and just like, I actually did it twice, not even once. I did it twice in a matter of a month. I, I did it. I told Mark, don't to take the legs off. So I took legs off and I came back, had one other session. And then the next session after that, I popped my doctor again. And I was like, Damn. Oh, good. but we made it through. We PR'd all those. We PR'd all my lifts during those two sessions. So it's okay. <laughs> I guess it's, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I just uh, had a massage gun like every day for like an yeah. hour. I was like, yeah. I was, yeah. So like, you know, as far as your, your clientele base and like what your vibe is on your team and like, like what's your ideal client? Like, what are any challenges that you have encountered? Like as a coach, um, just growing and getting to know yourself through this whole process. So, man, I don't even know if I have an ideal client, like really, like, in, like in them, I kind of do all facets. Like I have, I have like four guys who are bodybuilders. I have just a regular gen help, gen pop people that are perfectly fine hormonally. Um, then I have, then I have now, I now have two that are cybo people. Um, and then I have, I think I have three or four that we're dealing with hormonal issues that we're fixing. Um, well, not fixing, improving, I would like to say, um, where we have gotten a few cycles back for them um, and things like that. So I kind of do overall just general kind of health, I guess you would say, but I mean, I, I, I do gravitate towards my bodybuilders just slightly more just because I kind of can, I know when to push and they're very similar to like me. Um, I need a bit more experience in the gym. I've had a few beginners, like we all have when we start, right. Is we have like a few people that are beginners. Um, those people I typically don't mesh well with anymore. Um, because I can't teach, I struggle with teaching people how to train. Like, right. It's just, it's that type of thing where I don't want to waste time having to worry about, Hey, let's like, I can, I can fix execution a little bit of a form, mm -hmm. but I can't teach you how to activate your back. Like to like mm -hmm. the whole thing. Like that's something that you kind of have to learn in your first few years that I yeah. think that comes with experience in the gym and kind of making those mistakes and things like that. Right. Is, and some people aren't willing to go to the extent to learn like I did where I was literally sending Mark videos of me doing mm -hmm. scapular retractions and trying to <laughs> um, yeah. get my lats to fire. Uh, but I overall, like, I like those hormonal cases and I like the bodybuilders. Like those mm -hmm. are my two, those are my two favorite things out of them all. I think that you brought up a really good point. Like as you grow as a coach, you find what you mesh well with and what you don't. Cause at first, like you get your few beginner clients or you're more patient with them. Like mm -hmm. as you are trying to learn how to coach someone. Um, and then as you start 
getting lots of clientele or athletes, you're like, I, you start to notice which ones you just don't work well with. And you realize like, you know, you will work with them, but there is a, when I say ideal client, what I mean is like, just that, like, what, what do you gravitate towards? Right? Like, what is, what do you coach? Well, um, cause for me, it's changing as I'm growing as a coach, I'm noticing I'm, I'm having to go with more people that are in compet in the competitive realm, because that's where my mind is. Right. It doesn't mean I won't take lifestyle clients because I do take lifestyle clients, but they have to be a certain type of lifestyle client um, to where they're they're equally thinking about the the things that are making them better the way that I am in a way. Otherwise, it's really hard to connect with them. It's really hard to connect with people um, with with certain people as you grow as a coach because you know what you want. Um so yeah, that's a, that's a great point that you brought up. And I think that that's something that, you know, for new coaches coming into the industry, like you're going to have to, you're going to start with a certain group and you'll notice like it will change and it's okay. And it's not a bad thing because you're growing and they're growing too. Um, and you're, you know, I don't, maybe it's not ideal client. Maybe it's not the right term, but just your clients that you mesh well with will change as you start to understand yourself as a coach as well. It's facts. That is facts because I actually, most of my beginners have actually left. Yeah. I'm my, having that issue too. Oh, it's not an my issue. experience guys keep staying and all mm -hmm. like, like, mm -hmm. I think the longest client I have now is like a year. And I actually have one coming back that I worked with back in March of last year. And he kind of dropped off for like the last two months. So he's mm -hmm. coming back. So I've had him for like a while now. Um, well, I mean, like if you would have think about this, had you stayed the same, cause you're growing too. That's what I said earlier. So you're going to, had you stayed the same, you were where you were mindfully with Mark last, when you had just gotten with him, you wouldn't mesh well with him now. Like if you would have stayed that way. So your clients, the team. Yeah. right. So your, your clients have to grow with you. Like they, yep. they have to grow into in order for that to be a thing where they stay for a long time, right? Like my, the athletes that I've had for over a year now, they are completely different than they were when they first started. And they are committed to growing and becoming the best athletes that they can be now. Um, but if they would, if they were the same, and if I have athletes that are in the same mindset as when we first started, they have left, or I can tell it's coming. Like, <laughs> so Right. Just, and I think that brings up a really good question. Like, what would you tell new coaches coming into the industry? Like things, like something that you learned maybe the hard way or some piece of advice that you wish you were, would have been given when you first started out as a coach. Fuck, I hate this question. <laughs> um, Cause I still feel like I'm a new coach, even though I've been doing this for a while, I'm still very, very new and very young in this industry. Um, I guess it would just be, honestly, it's the simplest thing. And this kind of goes with everything. You're, you're going to fail and you're going to need, well, number one for new coaches, learn hormones. It's kind of like a most definite thing. Now um, you're not going to get success. You will, but you'll get success with a certain audience um, out of it. Um, if you just know training and macros, um, if you don't know, if you don't know anything with actual hormones and how the inside the body works or gut health, you're not gonna, you won't make significant difference for, like a little while. And that's where I kind of ran into things was when I took all clients and then eight, we found out like after like four months, then I learned how to read blood work and learned how to read all these different things. 
and then like I knew and I feel like I wasted the first four months type thing you know um so but fail too because if you tell your clients hey I fucked up or hey like like even if those first four months I'd be like hey I feel like I wasted the first four months for you and like I offered their money back they actually didn't want it they were just like yeah we'll just continue on with what we're doing like I believe in you like if you actually are honest with the client and sometimes if you don't know something and you're honest with them, um, they will, they will probably stay with you for a long time. Like, even if it takes longer to get results, they'll stay with you longer because you were actually honest with them. And it's hard to find that in this industry. Um, and if people usually do leave from coaches, um, they typically do come back because of they, they have a bad experience and they come to like, it's all about how you service people in the end. So I guess that's a few, that's a few different things. So learn hormones, fail, and then be honest about your failures. That's all good stuff. Absolutely. I wish I knew. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, like the, I know you, you feel new and and we all feel new. Like, so you're not the only baby over here, but you, the thing is about you is that you have grown so quickly like it's it you started it and you did it all virtually on your own like without being on a team and having like you've you've done it on your own and you have had autonomy and gone and found mentors and asked questions like your mentor is Austin um Austin Stout and that's also Ashley's mentor um my mentor is Mark I'm team Mark but um it's 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 like you're, you said, I, I wasted like four months. I didn't know those things, but do you know how long it takes coaches to even put yeah. themselves and put themselves in that position to go out and get a mentor and pay them and learn about hormonal health, gut health, learning how to read Dutch tests and blood work. Like these are all very, these are all hard things for people to do. Like, and you have done it. Like you'll, you, I remember a couple of months ago, you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm learning how to read a Dutch test. Now I'm writing a protocol. Now I'm doing this. Now I'm not like, that's fast. Like that's a very fast um, pace. And so you feel like you're new, but you have already created like a huge impact on your, like you're on your social media, on your clientele base. Plus you're on a, a larger team now, but you started on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's, what's so cool about it is yeah. um, you've really, you understand what a good coach is supposed to have in their toolbox. And you have uh, definitely like taken the reins on that and um, did your thing. So I sacrificed, I sacrificed a lot and changed my life a lot in the last Mm -hmm. few years to really get to where I am. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's not purely, I've, I've been blessed with the opportunity I have with like my full-time job and like what I do and that, that pays my bills, that pays what I, what I do. And that pays for a lot of things I've been able to do. Um, so I'm very fortunate, but I, I know I worked hard for that to even get that in the first place. Um, but it's kind of just a, you know, you do what you got to do. Right. It's just like when you have passion, you, you kind of just drive it and allow it to, and allow it to guide you. And that's kind of what I've done over the past year. Right. It's just like, like I fully invested in what I want to do. I've spent a shit ton of money on learning things. And I think a lot of people don't understand how much money it does come to actually pay for these things because mm-hmm. it is quite expensive. Um, so, you know, I've just been very blessed to kind of be in the position I am to actually yeah. do the things I can do, but I sacrificed a lot. Um, like I said, I'm only 23, but like, I don't like, I'm like a hermit now. 
Like yeah. I don't <laughs> like I don't go out like like all my friends are on Instagram. Like I don't go out like I rarely go out. Uh, but like I spent all weekend coaching. Even my coworkers were like, "What the heck?" They're like, "Do you do anything mm-hmm. fun on the weekends?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I coach." I was yeah. like, "That's where I find fun." Like I literally coach and I go to the gym. And they're like, "Do you do anything else?" And I'm like. No, no. I was like, like, you don't even have time. Like, it, yeah. I mean, even if you could, you don't, even if you wanted to, like, you even don't if really I could even have... ruin my sleep. It would ruin my sleep yeah. and stuff like that. And I take, and I take my own bodybuilding very seriously. Right. And I have a goal with that. Me and Mark have a mission that we're trying to accomplish in general with that. So we know what the end goal is, um, whether we get there or not. Like I said, it's, it could not, it probably won't happen, but we'll try. No, it's going to happen. No, there we'll, go. We'll we need to talk. Oh, we'll we need we'll to see. talk lovingly. When, <laughs> I get to, when I get to 200, when I get to, when I get to 200 something pounds, shred it, then we'll, then we'll talk. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think you said something really important though. You changed and sacrificed a lot. Like you find coaching on the weekends and going to the gym fun. Like you changed your circle. Like you've talked about this on Instagram many times, about changing your circle to help propel you and give you this positive energy and positive momentum toward, you know, nourishing all areas of your life. So like, just because like what we find is fun might not be fun to like the general person, but like, we're really overachievers. We're go-getters. Like we want to always be putting ourselves one foot in front of the other to make sure that we just create the best lives possible for ourselves. And so that's why I think it's really important to also dive into that mindset and that growth mentality um, both physically as you're in your off season, but also, you know, mentally as well, because you always just want to make sure you're looking toward the next thing. And I think that's really admirable too, because like most people our age are like, you know, on Instagram, we look, and I'm sure we have friends from high school and college that are like partying and doing all this stuff on on the weekend, which maybe they find that to be fun. And that's how they want to spend their time. But I know for the most of us, it's like, you know, we're diving into literature. We're, you know, diving into our clients. We're like doing things that better ourselves. And that's fun for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, I, um, I had the same, I had a similar experience and I do all the time with working back in, like going back to work in person. And I had my director ask me like on Monday or Tuesday, he was like, what did you do this weekend? And I was like, I just worked. Like he was like, worked like that's all is that all you do is just you you just work and I was like I told him I said you view it as more work like you you like you view training and nutrition and keeping track of your stuff and coaching as or like a side thing as more work but I view it as like that's my time like that's the that's the time where I am like myself like you don't get to you don't even get to see who I am like outside of this. And so, and if you were to get to see who I am outside of this, you'd be like, wow, she's a different, she's just completely different because I am who I am here. Like when I'm talking to to you all or talking to you, Ashley or Anthony, when I, when I'm in my coaching realm, like this is who I am. And that's why it's fun to me. So when people go out and they, they are who they, or they feel they are who they are, like doing whatever and not being structured, like that's who they are. And they, that's what they like to do. But who, what I am and who I am is of somebody who likes to learn, like Anthony said, a learner, um, structured, strong. I get to, I get to exemplify all those qualities on my weekends when I have free time. Well, when it's my free time, it's not really free time. Right. (laughs) But, um, yeah, should, I think that that's an awesome place to end. I think that that's, yeah. I want to say, I got to give a shout out to probably the three people that probably have changed my life during those two during the last 16 months 
Uh, Mark. Thank you. Fine. I know I'm one of them. Yeah, the whole Tomnick train family that includes <laughs> everyone. Um, we'll just include everyone because I'm friends with too many of them to actually like name them all off, right? Um, no, Mark, Mark number one, um, uh, Austin number two, and then three, uh, another Tomnick train coach, uh, Tom. Uh, Tom's probably Tom's kind of been like my brother throughout the whole thing um, mm -hmm. ever since we kind of podcast together back whenever back like last May or something um, so he's been he's been there we chat like every day we text you all the time um, we're just trying we just show off our clients to each other and we're just like great fucking job or or we're talking about life and how fucked up things are um, and how much I complain you should ask him how often I complain about him about food he's like he's he's on very low calorie so he hates me right now talking about how I hate how I hate food um, <laughs> so those three guys have really those three guys in general um, yeah I've really kind of changed my life mm -hmm. um, in where I want to go what I want to do um, and I also got to give a shout out to district coaching concepts mm -hmm. too because that's the team I work for now um, yeah. and they've given me an opportunity that I really couldn't pass up when it comes down to aiding me in my growth too as a coach I'm um, mm -hmm. allowing me to just coach and not worry about the business end which is right. always a blessing yeah that's awesome and you know notice to the listeners Anthony just listed all other coaches they're all other coaches like so you really have to change your circle if this is something that you want to get into like even if you want to get into bodybuilding your, your circle has to, if, and it's not mostly like people that are encouraging you in that same realm, like you have to find that tribe that you're with, um, because it's really hard to stay on it, like, and to be held accountable. Cause that's really what that shit is. That's really being held accountable. Like you're thanking people who hold you accountable. Um, mm -hmm. and, and you can't be afraid of that. Like you can't be afraid of the, I mean, you can't expect all the sweet shit all the time. Like you have to have people that are in your corner, like telling you exactly what it is so that you can make decisions based on that. Um, so that's awesome. And those three, well, four, if you include districts, like, but those three people are, are amazing coaches as well. So they're not just coaches, like they're amazing coaches. Austin's, so. Austin's really freaking smart. <laughs> Ask yeah. him a question. Dude, you'll he's go down amazing. A hole. You'll yeah. go down a rabbit hole. You, yeah. people, people don't understand the value of his mentorship. And you should mm -hmm. see, we have, we have hundreds, like hundreds of emails going back and forth, just mm -hmm. like asking questions about different things, going through scenarios. Like people don't see how much work I actually put on the backside. Mm -hmm. The things like he's constantly testing me with Dutch tests and blood work and mm -hmm. UI maps. And he's like, what would you do? What would you do? What would you do? What would you do? And like, mm -hmm. why don't you think about this? Why don't you think about that? And he's really trying to drill me down. So I know exactly what to do if I see something that kind of looks very similar. So yeah, yeah those people. And then Mark just pushes me to the absolute limits. Of, right. Uh, right. Actually, he doesn't really even push me. It's kind of like, he doesn't have to. It's an expectation. Yeah. It's an expectation of being a client under his. So I'm just like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. This oh, was yes, an amazing episode. Yes. Um, first, you're our first guest and you won't be, uh, this won't be the only time you're on here. Oh, so. nice. Yeah. Yes. I'll, nice. I'll educate, the, I'll educate the masses next time. Never <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Ashley, do you have anything that you'd like to say? No, I don't think so. But thank you so much, Spada. I don't want to call you Anthony. It's just Spada. <laughs> thank you so much, Spada, for coming on. Um, you are an awesome teammate, an awesome friend, and an awesome coach. And we really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank All you, right. guys.